0: Welcome to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. Thank you so much for being here with us today. I'm Jason Kong here with Attorney Bill Alexander. We're doing this from the WG Alexander Studios, as I like to say, <laughs> your your office, Bill. And noticing you've been doing some decluttering. It's, it's looking
1: nice in here. We have um, the, the, what you can accumulate in your home or in your office uh, over 47 plus years is pretty amazing I mean it's um, I have a wonderful team of folks that have uh, worked hard to basically uh, throw away old files that are ancient and um, you know just keep this the things that might Uh, be needed but we've been scanning documents so we have computer copies of almost everything for the last 10 years but when you go back farther than that then it uh, it uh, can be um, you know a little dicey I guess but uh, yeah it's amazing uh, how how much not just files but clutter and uh, my folks have worked like crazy people uh, getting rid of things now for a client who walks in the 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 door won't notice anything different uh, but it's uh, there's there it really feels good <laughs> to uh, declutter and I would encourage folks to do it I mean fact, frankly for me um, I, I need to do it at home uh it, it's it's kind of thing where sometimes we focus on one, and we forget about the other and and quite frankly, I've got more decluttering at home, I think, than I, I'd actually have in the office, but the but the good news is at the office I have helpers. <laughs> <laughs> can't tell you how how uh, uh, much of a difference that makes in terms of of getting things done fairly quickly um, makes makes a difference. It, it sure does. Well, uh, one of the things I wanted to t- talk about this morning um, ha- has to do with scams and hackers. And quite frankly, this it is a time of year where it's extraordinarily prevalent. I mean, uh, Christmas time, of course, uh, it, it is a big time for it. The holidays. And, of course, we're a few weeks past that. But the fact is, is that for those folks who have been scammed, uh, there and this is one of the things that folks have to worry about, is the fact that scams beget additional scams. And, in fact, any person who has been successfully scammed Uh, There are even better scams that come on after the fact because if you've been scammed, your name gets sold to a much richer list, and they have follow-up scams uh, that can be even more effective than the initial scam. And so um, for those folks who don't report it and don't recognize what's happened, uh, oftentimes they can be scammed five to ten times. Before they realize that they're in in deep do, um, and in fact, uh, this this weekend, uh, my wife and I went to a movie uh, that just came out uh, called Beekeepers, and it's a, a Jason Stratham uh, movie, and and my wife just loves him. Uh, I mean, she'd turn me in for him any day of the week. Uh, (laughs) But the fact is is that that particular movie uh, is based upon an elderly lady, wonderful person, who gets scammed. uh, and, And I won't ruin the movie by telling all about it, but it has to do with how sophisticated these scams can be. Uh, and the fact is, is uh, now, so who are the people who are most likely to be scammed? And, and I, I say most likely because any of us can be victims of scams and hackers. Um, it, it, you know, it, they, um, the ploys are so sophisticated today that it, it, um, any of us can fall victim. But the fact is, is that there is a certain group of people that hackers and scammers focus on. Uh, So who are they? They are folks with money. So how do they determine that? Well, for one thing, they know who who, uh, among all the people uh, as a group has most of the money, Jason. That would be the elderly. That's right. Seniors hold most of the money in this country. Um, now, so uh, what What they're looking for, and one, one way to determine uh, that is to look for people who own homes, uh, particularly the bigger homes, and then look for folks who are, in their late 70s and, and 80s. Why? Uh, and, and they also look particularly for folks who are living alone. So those are the folks that they really try to find and then um, take advantage of. And so, if you're 78 years old or older, you're in that group. Particularly, if you're a homeowner, uh, and even more so if you are a widow or a widower. Um, now, w- w- with with that said, one of the things that uh, one of the reasons that they focus on this group is not only because we have money. Uh, Typically, I mean, in, in other words, most people do in that category. Uh, but the fact is, is that as we get older, we become more forgetful. It's not Alzheimer's. It, hopefully, it's not the drugs you're taking. Uh, but it's the fact that as we age, particularly when we get into our late 70s and early 80s, we lose brain cells. It is a natural... Um, part of aging and and it's really sad Um, but you you know and it starts earlier than that Uh, but uh, most of us uh, complain about the fact that I can't remember a particular word and then five minutes later it comes to us or we can't remember a person's name whom we know well and it's like it just doesn't come to us Uh, and and it's not Alzheimer's (laughs) might be, but it's not likely. Uh, It's far more likely just for the fact that we're losing brain cells and and we will naturally become more forgetful. Now, what else happens as we get older? Well, um, two things uh, that are, again, a a typical part of aging, and that is we don't hear as well uh, and we don't See as well. So both of those things make us more susceptible to scammers. Because you have to understand, there are lots and lots of different kinds of scams out there, and and uh, per, and of course, uh, f- for those, uh, it's hard to um, conduct business today if you don't have a computer or a smartphone and conduct at least some, if not a lot, of your business online. Uh, and that's where hacking comes in. And that's just an, a one part uh, of uh, scamming, if you will. And as, as and I've said it n- numerous times, but th- the more we know, the less likely it is, that uh, somebody can take advantage of us. And uh, the, the Attorney General of North Carolina, the Department of Justice, uh, puts out uh, a consumer protection pamphlet um, that, it, that you can find online. And, it, and it's very thorough. Uh, and I would suggest for, for folks uh, to uh, download Uh, that booklet on on the scams that are going on in North Carolina right now because if you read about it and then you get the email or you get this or that that reminds you of of the scam, uh, that's a perfect way to uh, avoid uh, the scam. So, But what are some of the other ways that uh, we can avoid these scammers? Uh, Well, Uh, One of the things for anyone using a smartphone or a computer is to make sure that we turn on the the automatic software and app updates because, frankly, updates uh, come fairly frequently. And the fact that most of the updates are to combat what? The hackers! Um, not all of them. Some of them are to make the the, the uh, software run more efficiently and the like. But an, an awful lot uh, of the uh, updates are to plug holes that uh, hackers uh, successfully y- use. So having your automatic updates is is one important way. Uh, now your passwords or what my uh, folks call our pass phrases because they need to be longer, they need to be more sophisticated, they need to be uh, uh, generally about 14 characters or longer, and most people will say, ooh, that's a long one. But it also needs to have numbers and uppercase letters and lowercase letters and symbols, all of the above, in order to have an effective password. I understand from my security folks. That if you have anything less than 14, there's hackers have software that can break your passwords within minutes or sometimes seconds, depending on how long it is and how sophisticated it is. And of course, um, when you can, for your most important things like banking and financial, you should always have two factor authentication. In other words, that That's where you have an app that gives you a download every time you go online, and then you have to put that security code in in order to have access. And so, uh, yes, it takes a little bit longer to get access, but it makes your um, your information so much more secure if you have two-factor authentication. And, and some folks want more than that, and they'll have three-factor authentication. But for, for most of us, two does the trick because somebody that only has our password doesn't have enough in order to uh, get in if it's a two-factor authentication. Um, but so having an elaborate passphrase that you can remember... And of course, for again, for our most delicate things, our bank accounts and our investment accounts, we should change that password on at least semi-annually or quarterly. But uh, and of course, it shouldn't be the same password you use for everything else, because we tend to be lazy about passwords and. Of course, uh, it's really sad, but a lot of folks use simplistic passwords like one two three four five six or password. You know, the word password as your password, or password one. Um, things like that. That, of course, take maybe five seconds for a hacker to to figure out. So, uh, unique, elaborate passphrases uh, are a key. And, of course, having that uh, and have a password vault of of some, uh, uh, and there are a number of those that you can have, like uh, there's one called 1Password or Bitwarden or LastPass or Dashlane. Those are all password vaults that, Uh, can be very effective in terms of keeping folks out of your life, which is exactly what you want to do. A couple other things that I have talked about, um, and this is true for all of us, but particularly for seniors, is to freeze our credit. And you have to do that through the three credit bureaus, and that's Equifax, uh, Experian, and TransUnion. Those are the three credit bureaus. And if you will freeze your credit with each of those credit bureaus, then a hacker cannot establish credit in your name. And of course, uh, freezing your credit does not freeze your credit card that you have. In other words, you can continue to use that. Uh, What it means is you can't create new credit. But it, let's say that you're, um, you've are you frozen your credit, but you uh, are in the process of looking to buy a new car and you're going to finance it. Well, it's real easy to unfreeze your credit for an hour, let them download your credit report, and then you freeze it right back. But you have to learn which... Uh, of the credit bureaus that that particular car dealer uses because they they don't use three. They only use one of the three, and you don't know which one. Uh, But that's very easy to do, and you can do it temporarily. And having your your credit frozen does um, uh, significantly help um, uh, to do that. Now, there are a couple other things. Uh, uh, Some folks... um, recommend that you create a, a dedicated email uh, for your financial services. In other words, don't use the same one you use for work or the same one you use for personal stuff for your financial. In other words, create uh, a third uh, email address uh, that's very secure, at, you know, at least— uh, with double authentication and, and a long uh, password and the whole bit, but in essence, a unique email address for those things. And then lastly, for those of us who are getting older and have a trust a trusted child, to ask our child to look over our bank accounts at statements every month uh, just to be familiar with them and go over and make sure there's there's no... Uh, crazy charge uh, to our account. And so these are all fairly easy to do that all of us should take heed to and actually do it, whether we're a senior or not. But this is the time to get it done.
0: Those are some wonderful tips that all of us could put to use. As you said, very easily. And, you know, it's the only thing stopping us might be just being a little bit lazy. But I'll tell you what, you experience being hacked or having your identity stolen or. Uh, your accounts compromise, and you're going to regret it pretty quickly and wish that you had taken a few easy steps to prevent that. So those are some wonderful tips, Bill. Thank you for sharing those. I want to remind everyone that if you're interested in attending one of the free webinars put on by WG Alexander and Associates, whether you're interested in learning about long-term care assistance, Medicaid, VA benefits, or interested in learning about asset protection and trust planning, You can go to WGALaw.com, click on the Seminars button to register for the free webinars happening on Wednesday, February 14th. These are done the second Wednesday of every month, and the next webinar is happening on Wednesday, February 14th. Again, go to WGALaw.com, click on the Seminars button to register. It's free to do so. There's no cost to attend the webinars. It's no cost to register as well. Just a wonderful educational opportunity for you to learn more from the experts at WG Alexander & Associates. Go to WGALaw.com to learn more. A quick break and back. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. Wgalaw.com is where you can go to schedule an appointment to speak with an elder law attorney. It's also where you can go to learn more about the free webinars put on by W.G. Alexander and Associates. If you would like to learn more about Medicaid, VA benefits, and other forms of financial assistance available to most middle-class families who are dealing with the astronomical costs of long-term care, this is a webinar you absolutely want to attend. It's free to do so. All you have to do is register beforehand at WGALaw.com. Click on the seminars button at the top of the page, wga-law.com. The next set of webinars is happening on Wednesday, February 14th. Hey, give your spouse maybe a little Valentine's Day present by making sure that you've got some expert advice when it comes to long-term care. Or if you want to learn about asset protection and trust planning, there's a webinar for that too. WGALaw.com. Click on the seminars button at the top of the page. I'm Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. And Bill, we're shifting gears here. We're going to pivot to revocable
1: trusts. I want to talk about estate planning. That's that's what we do. Uh, We... Uh, do wills, we do trusts. We do all of the kinds of legal documents that help people with their estate planning and tax planning uh, and asset protection planning. I mean that's that's um, important. But I get an awful lot of folks who come in and they say, Bill, I, I've been uh, told that I should have a revocable trust. And uh, so, sh- and of course, the question is, should I have a revocable trust? And uh, in a- and quite frankly, when uh, folks are- tell me that, the first thing I think about is, well, who told you that you need a revocable trust? Because uh, frankly, a lot of folks will um, ha- have read a lot. Uh, and of course, there's a lot of information out there where it basically says everyone. Should have a revocable trust as opposed to a will-based plan. But the fact is you can you can have a very simple revocable trust, or you can have one that has lots of whistles and bells and does a lot of good things. You can also uh, have a revocable trust uh, that you use simply for one asset. Maybe you own some land in Virginia or a house in Massachusetts or whatever. And so you create uh, a simple revocable trust for that one asset. But, uh, but most of the time, uh, you create a revocable trust for planning for yourself, your spouse, and your children, and sometimes your grandchildren as well. Um, So, uh, now, does everyone need a trust? No. Um, That is, not everyone needs a revocable trust, uh, but there are are certain aspects of planning where a trust is your friend. But here's the thing. Uh, Number one, uh, creating a revocable trust does not in any way – change how you file or pay your income taxes because a revocable trust doesn't have a separate tax id number it uses your own social security number as the tax id and uh so that may that simplifies things uh but i also need to tell you because so many people think that any kind of trust, even a revocable trust, creates asset protection for you while you're alive. And again, that is not true at all. A revocable trust gives you absolutely no asset protection for yourself while you're alive. Now, you can use a revocable trust to create an Irrevocable trust at your death for asset protection for your spouse or for your children or for your grandchildren. But while you're alive and well, your revocable trust creates no asset protection at all. Now, okay, so why do you create a trust? Well, some folks create a trust simply to avoid the um, complexity, if you will, of having to go through the court system to administer an estate. You know, the expense and the time it takes to administer an estate through the court system. Um, Now, I will tell you that there are times when it's actually advantageous to go through the court system Uh, And and even when you have a trust, there are minimal things that most of us should do through the court system to at least cut off potential unknown creditors and the like, which you would do through an estate, Um, and through the court system it will. But the bad news is that there is an expense to go through the court system, uh, and it typically takes a good bit of time uh, to get things handled through the court system. And having a trust-based plan, now you still have things that must be done when a person with a trust dies. You know, the IRS expects tax returns and reports and retirement accounts have to have certain things done, and and, uh, so there's actually a good bit that has to be done with what's called trust administration. But trust administration tends to be fast and less expensive, uh, even if an attorney helps you with it. uh, It's much uh, faster than having to go through the court process. Uh, Court process minimally generally takes six months. Sometimes it can take several years to actually fully administer an estate. It depends on how complex it is and whether or not there's some infighting involved or whether it's just a straight distribution with no problems whatsoever. But it's pretty hard to administer an estate in less than six months. It typically, you know, one thing some folks ask me is, uh, well, when mom dies, when should I come to see you? And I say, well, make the funeral arrangements, get all that stuff done, and normally come to see us after you've gotten the death certificate. And it normally takes about two biz- two weeks, minimally, to get a death certificate. Sometimes it takes longer than that. And the fact is is that you really should have that death certificate to in order to uh, do whatever you're going to do whether it's um, uh, uh, you know administer a state through the court with through probate and court administration or whether you do trust administration uh, so typically uh, people don't even look at a will or a trust until after the funeral arrangements uh, have been um, made and and completed so that's that's pretty important for folks to understand but There are certain uh, aspects where trust can make a much, much better plan uh, than a will-based plan. And number one would be, will your spouse need asset protection? Or are you trying to protect your estate through your spouse to, to go to your children? or are you trying to do some sophisticated tax planning or asset protection planning for your children? And so uh, uh, that can be particularly important, if, particularly if you have a larger estate. Um, uh, if, if, and, and sometimes that factor isn't a matter of what your net worth is, but is it your net worth divided by the number of children? <laughs> <laughs> because you know it's the kind of thing and let me put it this way let's say you have a 2 million dollar estate with one child so the fact is is that number 1 your estate is likely to grow during your lifetime so it might be a 3 or 4 or 5 million dollar estate by the time you die and that child's going to inherit all of it all of what's left so yes you might want to create a trust um, for that child, a lifetime asset protection trust. I have lots and lots of clients who really like that planning. but on on the other hand, let's say you have a two million dollar estate and six children. Well, then uh, it's it's the kind of thing where each child is going to get a nice inheritance, but it's not going to be an inheritance that most people couldn't manage without any problem. Now, When I talk about creating a trust for a child, I'm not saying that you have to go out and hire a corporate trustee. Oftentimes, you can have the child manage their own trust, or you can have the child be able to add a co-trustee that they can hire and fire, if you will, and not have an expensive corporate trustee. So just because you have a trust doesn't mean that the administration – will be difficult or expensive uh, going forward. So there's uh, there's lots of things to talk about when we talk about trust, and I know we have to take a break. So I'll continue on this when we get back.
0: We will continue our conversation, and we'll also have a, a separate conversation about trust in the webinars put on by WG Alexander and Associates. There's an entire webinar dedicated to asset protection and trust planning. If you would like to attend that webinar, it's free to do so. There's absolutely no cost. Just go to WGAlaw.com and click on the seminars button at the top of the page. The next set of webinars is happening on Wednesday, February 14th. The afternoon session is the Asset Protection and Trust Planning webinar. The morning session deals with long-term care assistance, Medicaid, VA benefits, and forms of financial assistance for those middle-class families who are struggling with the costs of long-term care. Go to WGALaw.com, click on the Seminars button to learn more. We're taking a quick break, but we'll be right back. This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. We'll be back after this. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander. Wgalaw.com is where you can go to find more information about Bill and W.G. Alexander & Associates and their free webinars that are put on the second Wednesday of every month. If you would like to learn more about asset protection and trust planning or long-term care assistance, WGALaw.com is a great place to start. Click on the Seminars button and be sure to register for their free webinars that are happening on Wednesday, February 14th. Learn more at WGALaw.com or call 919-256-7000. 919-256-7000. I'm Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. And Bill, we're having a discussion on revocable trusts and when to use them.
1: Well, one reason that uh people should consider a revocable trust is because they own real estate outside the state of North Carolina. We have tons of folks that have condos down at Myrtle Beach, uh and we have folks that that have uh, uh lake houses up in Virginia on Lake Gaston and and But uh, we may have inherited property in another state uh, where our parents uh, are from. Uh, The fact is, is that if you own real estate in another state and you don't have a trust, then that means that you'll have a double probate. You'll not, not only have a probate in North Carolina, but you'll also have a probate in the state and county where that property is located. And, of course, that can be extraordinarily expensive. I mean, a number of years ago, I had a fellow who died at, um, in North Carolina, but he owned a little house in South Carolina. It wasn't even at the beach. It was 30 miles inland in a podunk town. The house was worth about $75,000 max, uh, but... because we had to go through South Carolina lawyers and their court system in order to get it to the next generation, it cost the family over $5,000 just for that South Carolina probate, not including what you had to do in North Carolina. So, you know, that kind of thing can get ridiculous. And so a trust could have solved that problem without, uh, you know, So anybody that owns real estate in more than one state truly should have a trust agreement to avoid uh, probate in in two states. Now, uh, another big reason is because uh, you're trying to do something to protect your children. Or it might be that uh, you have a, a child with special needs or a child who's a spendthrift or a child who is a drug addict or alcoholic or has other issues where they just can't manage money. Uh, And you don't want to leave them out, but you also want to make sure you're not giving them uh, resources to exacerbate their problem. Um, So a, a trust can go a long way uh, to uh, helping you solve how to uh, take care of that kind of situation. Another big reason people have trusts is because they're in a second marriage uh, and they have a his, mine, and ours situation or they have a simple, we both have children but they're not our spouse's children. They're children by previous marriage. Uh, And so uh, you can use a revocable trust agreement to do what you want to for your current spouse, but to make sure that everything ends up going to your children at the death of your spouse. And a, a big issue there, quite frankly, is often your retirement accounts. Oftentimes your retirement account is the biggest asset that you have Uh, It's where most of your wealth is, uh, and you want your spouse to be able to live in the house or to own the house at your death, but you don't want your spouse to have total control of your um, retirement account. So uh, you can create a marital trust, an irrevocable marital trust, and leave your retirement account for your wife's or husband's benefit but uh, through the marital trust, and through the marital trust, you can limit how much money the spouse can take out of the the uh, retirement account from year to year. Now, you want them to have the required distribution, but you may not want them to have anything more than the required distribution. And with the marital trust— uh, people may have heard me say this before, you can use, you don't have to use the single life table. A- and the a- and the uh, other table that you can use uh, basically lessens how much your spouse would receive in terms of the required distribution. And so uh, that can help not only preserve assets for your children, But if your spouse already has uh, plenty of money, sometimes a required distribution can push them into a higher tax bracket, and they actually appreciate the fact that the required distribution is for a lesser amount than it would be otherwise. So there are a number of things that you can do, but when you use a marital trust, like that, then your spouse cannot change who the ultimate beneficiary is. And so you can leave it to your spouse with limited principle, but all of it to go to your children and not your spouse's children uh, when your spouse dies. Because if you just let it be a rollover, then the spouse can change the beneficiary to his or her own children and leave your children out after you're gone.
0: That's why planning and understanding the options available to you is such a critical part of making sure that your documents and plans are in order altogether. If you would like to speak with an elder law attorney to discuss options available to you, get a hold of someone on the team at WG Alexander and Associates. Go to WGALaw.com or call 919 256 7000 256 That's a great way to start the year by making sure that your planning is taken care of. Wgalaw.com or call 919-256-7000. A quick break and back. This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. We'll be right back after this. This is Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander. Wgalaw.com is where you can go to register for free webinars put on by WG Alexander and Associates. Learn more about long-term care assistance as well as asset protection and trust planning. Go to WGALaw.com, click on the seminars button at the top of the page and register for their free webinars. I'm Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander, and Bill, we're talking all things revocable
1: trusts. Well, uh, there are lots of other reasons for creating a revocable trust. Oftentimes, people want to max out good tax planning, so they create a what is called a credit shelter trust, and a credit shelter trust can uh, cre- it creates an irrevocable trust for your spouse and that trust is asset protected so sometimes it's because you want to give your your uh, spouse asset protection sometimes it's because you want one of your children to manage the property for your spouse sometimes it's because you want to create what we call remarriage restrictions on the on the uh, spouse so that if the spouse remarries Then it limits or eliminates uh, what they can take out of the irrevocable trust uh, if they should remarry, particularly if they should remarry without a prenuptial agreement protecting uh, the children. So there are, um, but tax planning can be another huge reason, not just asset protection planning for your spouse or your children. Uh, and a lot of folks do it to protect their children from a potential divorce. Uh, that's a really important reason. But you can also, particularly if you do a credit shelter trust, you can maximize a generation-skipping exemption so that uh, it your, your estate uh, stays out of the estate of your children and ends up benefiting your children but going to your grandchildren uh, when your child Dies and it stays out of the estate, so it's no longer in the estate tax system. But you have to have generation skipping for that, and you need an irrevocable trust, um, a lifetime irrevocable trust, to uh, create that generation skip
0: there's a whole lot available to you and that's why we keep stressing the fact that you want to sit down and speak with an elder law attorney to make sure that your plans are exactly the way that you want them to be. Everyone has different family situations and being able to account for that with your plans is something that can help us all, you know, sleep easy at night knowing that everyone is taken care of in the proper way. Go to wga You can schedule an appointment to speak with an elder law attorney, or you can call 919-256-7000. A quick break and back. This is Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander. We'll be right back. Listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. Don't forget to register for the free webinars put on by WG Alexander and Associates. The next set of webinars is happening. Wednesday, February 14th. Learn more about long-term care assistance, Medicaid, VA benefits, as well as asset protection and trust planning. It's free to register, free to attend. They're highly educational webinars for you that uh, have zero costs associated with them. Just a great way for you to learn about some pretty complicated subjects, but put in a way that we can all understand. Go to WGALaw.com, click on the seminars button to learn more or call 919 919- 919 256 7000. That is it for us today. On behalf of Bill Alexander, I'm Jason Kong. Thanking you so much for listening to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander. Have a wonderful day.